Welcome to the Growing Green Landscapes Podcast with Jeremiah Jennings. While still in his early 20s, Jeremiah already runs a successful six-figure lawn maintenance company. Listen in as he and his guests share the things that have brought them success that can help you in your business. As a young entrepreneur in the green industry, Jeremiah emphasizes the tips and tricks involved in running a lawn maintenance business while discussing the principles applying to all small businesses. If you're wanting to grow, become profitable and professional, you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode today. I am so thankful that y'all are here, and uh, we're not going to be on here very long. I just wanted to come on here and give you a little rundown of what you're going to listen to today on the show. So this is our part two uh, of the interview with Jamie from Supreme Scapes. Uh, He is based out of Ohio. He has a... uh, I would say a large size uh, landscaping company. He does full service stuff. We cover a lot of that in the last episode. So if you uh, miss if you miss that one, go back and catch up on that one first before you tune into this one, and uh, the the puzzle will fit together. So this is part two, and in this part, Jamie really jumps into the company culture part and uh, the business side of how to how he's profitable, uh, the way that he does things, and uh, it's just a really great interview. I took so much out of this. It's loaded with value. And that's why we split it into two shows, so you had time to uh, kind of mull over everything and, and let that first episode sink in, and hopefully you do the same thing with this one. So if you need a refresher, go back and listen to that other episode uh, that was released on Friday of last week, and uh, then jump right into this one, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So uh, with that being said, we're just going to go ahead and jump right in today. I hope you all enjoy the show. If you do, leave those ratings and reviews. And uh, I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. So here we go. Like we're, we bought a, we bought a shop. Um, we've built it out to what we need it to be. We just put an offer in on the property next door, which is just a residential house. We're going to gut that whole house and make it an office. And then we're going to put up a 50 by 100 pole barn behind it. And at that point, that's headquarters, baby. It's headquarters, man. And I couldn't tell you what the next step is like material bins, fuel on site, like all the stuff that we hear, um, Caleb, Almond, yeah. and squared, like all the stuff that we, Andy Malder, like we hear all these guys, like all the, the efficiencies that they talk about, like having material on site and all that stuff will be happening in due time. Um, once, once we do that. And then at that point, I, I feel like we'll have a business model that I don't have to be in on the day to day. Um, but I'll still need to lead it from a culture perspective and like a CEO perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll need to come in and bang the drum and still lead the, lead the wagon. But, um, and you'll always be working on yourself, even though you're not in it every day, yeah. you'll still be learning how, that's one thing I was, I heard, I heard the other day was you have to learn to lead yourself before you can lead someone else. And yeah. if you didn't learn to lead yourself along the way, then how are you going to lead your, your production manager or the guys that are now on the computer time, you had to teach yeah. yourself and, and lead yourself and say, how am I going to do this? I'm going to figure out these systems. And now you can implement and help them do it. And now you're not, it's like Corey Ballard always says, you're not working a job, you own a business. And, and yeah. you're almost to that point where you're going to be out of it, the everyday stuff, but you're still going to be involved because like you said, you're going to come in and lead every lead and it might not be an everyday thing, but make your presence known, keep that, keep that company culture up 
and uh, yeah. just keep everyone involved and ha- have that attitude that y'all have. And that, that sounds awesome, man. It's a uh, you sound and every business has their problems for sure, but it just sounds like you have a great company culture, and and that's a huge thing. That even we're talking sixteen guys for you. This is something you can have with three guys, whether it's you and yeah. another guy or you and three. It doesn't matter how many you have. You can take this and all the way down to the small guy, mow and blow, one guy in a truck. You you have this attitude about things, and then that's going to help yeah. you grow. And I would highly recommend setting your culture up as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, because what you what you're trusted with, um, you know, we I I think that God's given us a lot to be thankful for and to be trusted with. So I I think I'm expected, um, you know, I'm expected to take care and shepherd what he's given me. So um, if you set that standard up at the beginning and it's just you in the truck and you are the one greasing your machines and making sure that you're doing your oil changes and whatever it is to take care of what you have, um, as soon as you hire that first employee, um, and I was terrible at this, by the way, like this was not me year one or two. So whoever's, whoever takes this advice and runs with it, more power to you. Um, Cause I was like, just, I, I was in school, I was working full time and trying to start a business. Um, and, at, and then I dropped out of Cincinnati State. I was doing horticulture and business management and just couldn't, couldn't do it. I hear you. Totally, yeah. A hundred and something hours a week. I just couldn't do it between work and school. Um, and so, yeah, man, I mean like setting, setting your culture early. We just now did it like two to three years ago. Like we really hammered down. Um, and tried to figure it out because we've got a lot of personalities that can sway the feel of the company and the ones that sway it in a negative direction are no longer here. Um, they just get fired organically. Everybody yeah. just, it's like, you're just the sore thumb. Like you're, they, you're don't, fit in the, they don't fit in the puzzle anymore. That, I mean, that's, yeah, they're, they're the piece that, that, that just doesn't fit. You, you just like yeah, trying to put it. Not like the other. Exactly. So, super cool for me to hear this. I mean, it just how, how you have this culture and it's something that if I end up scaling one day, that's, I want to implement this stuff um, and, and hope my business is as successful with the culture part as yours is. So um, let's kind of go off into something else. Your business coach, you talk about him uh, quite a bit and I've heard some, I've heard some good things and bad things. And this is something I've heard Caleb and Brittany talk about on their podcast is Caleb has never been a big fan of throwing his money away. Well, quote unquote, he said throwing his money away to a business coach just to tell him what he knows, what he should be doing. How, oh, sure. do, how do you take it? And what is your advice to someone who's out there? What, maybe you don't want to scale. Maybe you just want a successful business. You want yeah, five yeah. or six employees and you're, you want the good cup company culture. And, um, but, I mean, most of us, we're solo entrepreneurs starting out. You start young. You don't know how to lead. You don't know how to run five or six guys. And I'm sure when you got to that point, when you hired your coach on, um, just kind of talk about him. Do you think it's, do you think it's crucial to your business? Is it just an added asset? How does it, if, what is your recommendation to somebody who is searching for that culture, searching for that advice on how to do these things, implementing your business, um, should you just get on YouTube and watch some videos or do you say, do you think it's worth the money in finding a good coach and investing in them? Yeah. So I think that, um, everything you do is going to be out of necessity. And like when you have enough pain, you'll make a decision. 
um, to change. And so I think for a while there, I'm always, I've always been motivated by um, like the positive informational videos on YouTube, um, like the inspirational videos where you're like doing a lot of self reflection and like figuring out um, who you are, who you want to be, what you want to do in life. And so through that, I gained enough confidence to make a lot of decisions business-wise um, and get to the point where we are. But at some point, you have no control over other people's um, free will. And so when you have all these employees, let me, let me wind back here for a second. So for like the solo guy, no, to answer your question, I don't think you need a business coach anywhere near year one to five, maybe. Because I think if you're an entrepreneur and you're being successful, I think you kind of have what it takes. Like we're a rare breed. And if you've decided to step out and do that, I think you can probably figure it out if yeah. you figured it out this far. Um, so really trust yourself to create at least the base um, because your personality is going to be all over it and it's going to be yours and it's going to fit you. Um, so YouTube's really good. I think there's a lot of stuff you can learn on there. Um, it, I wasn't really like big on that, um, in the beginning, especially, I just didn't know what I didn't know yeah. culture. wise like, I didn't know company culture. I'd never heard of that prior to like, I don't know, three, four years ago. So at some point the pain we got, uh, became so great that we had to figure something out. And, um, this business coach is actually a coach for the company that my wife used to work at. And she was just ranting and raving about this communication technique and this common language that he had and these trainings that he would do. And he would bring in like these personal stories to talk about how he uses this in his everyday life. And, um, actually in one of the meetings, we had one guy in tears talking about how, um, his father had let him down and like all this stuff. And like, it was a, it was a suit. Like we had 10 guys in the room and we were like getting down and dirty with like people's like deepest stuff that they had going on. Mm. And I looked at this guy and I looked at um, our coach and I'm sitting here like this guy is like a brain ninja. Um, he's just coming in here and like unlocking everyone's, um, you know, he's just taking everyone's guard down and we're all just getting super, super real in a businessy setting, but also like we're looking at each other as human beings. That's good. And at that point, at that point, I just, I knew that we were like sold on this guy for at least a couple of years. Uh, and we're at that point now. And so he just came in, gave us this language, gave us these tools, um, gave us the confidence to know that we are in charge of our culture and I don't, he's also talked to us about like just very basic stuff, like running different numbers and, and just things that um, are really good to know that he's, he's maybe had experience with other companies. So um, no, don't hire a business coach early on. Yes. When the, when the problem gets great enough and the pain is great enough, I think that you'll, um, you'll need to do that. And you'll know when that time is. You'll, you'll know be, when that time is for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty different for everybody else. It could be year three for somebody or year seven for somebody. You never know. Really? It just depends on where you're on your business. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me harp on um, the owner operator right now. Um, meaning a solo guy who's going out and probably making six figures. Um, or at least 
he's grossing six figures and, and making a decent salary for himself and his family. If I, I'm torn here. If I had it to do over again and I had the equipment that I have now, um, there are times when the pressure gets so great and the, um, you know, maybe we had a bad year and the nut at the end of the year is not worth what we went through. Yeah. Uh, I think about, we call it our lone wolf model, my wife and I, and we talk about never really doing this. Um, we love our business, but what, what it would look like to sell everything, become completely debt free and just run this lone wolf model with like every single toy that we have now and being just so efficient. Um, and I've got a couple of buddies that do that and I can't quite bring myself to do that because I could make more money by myself with, yeah. with no headache. I could absolutely do it. I run, I've run the numbers. I can 100%. make three times my salary right now. Take home salary. I can make three times what I take home now. Um, if I were to just shut everything down and go out and work and throw my music in and just, you know, well, let's get into I, it here on the podcast. Why aren't you doing it, Jamie? What's I holding mean, you back? Cause I love what we're doing. I love what we're doing and I love our guys so much. And like the juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah. Um, I hear you. The, the pain is not great enough on most days. Um, most days I'm looking around going, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. And I can totally do this indefinitely, um, for the next five to seven years which is our game plan. And then we'll reassess at that point and kind of renew our mental contract with it, with my wife and I and yeah. say, okay, yep, let's, let's do another five or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if I had it to do, if I had it, if I had to do it over again or the chance to do it over again, maybe I would have stayed smaller. Maybe I would have just stuck with like one or two services. Like there's a guy down the street from us who just does lawn mowing. Like his whole business is lawn mowing. He's got yeah. six lawn mowing crews. And he wow. just specializes in that. Yeah. Um, and so he's got this, he's got this really great business model where there's no guessing. It's just, it's, it's just, what he does. You just go day. mow grass. It's the same thing. It's, yeah. He knows it very well. You just mow grass. Yeah. yeah and there's nothing, um, you know, guys, guys see these Instagram reels and it's like, oh, these patios and like whatever. Um, but sometimes business is about money and you can just, go do the quote unquote boring thing of just cutting grass. But you yeah. know, that's an honorable thing to do. People need that service. And if you want to scale up in that direction and you can really own that and like, you can just replicate, like get, get a crew, master it, make sure you're making 20 to 30% net profit after all expenses. Yep. And then just, just replicate that, like build that business model and then get another truck, have it do the exact same thing. And then all of a sudden you're doing a million dollars in gross revenue on, you know, X amount of trucks and you're looking at 300 grand every year, uh, two, 300 grand yeah. left over. Yeah. So that's, that's what I would be doing right now. If I were to do it over again, if I could rewind with the knowledge I have now, I wouldn't have gotten into hardscaping. I wouldn't have done all the training. I wouldn't have invested in all the equipment. Um, yeah, that's what I, that's what I would. And have it's done. not to say it's not, you're not saying you're discontent with where you are. That's not what you're coming. That's not what you're saying. It's, you're just saying, if you could go back, and I, that's, I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask that question. If you could go back and tell yourself one thing when you started that you know now, what would you say? And you just said it. But the whole, where you're at now, it's kind of what we talked about a little bit at Together in Trades. You were telling me at dinner, you were like, look, you're, you're doing lawn maintenance. Be profitable with it because if you want to get in the hardscape game to catch up with me and, and Josh Sutton and Caleb Wallman, yeah. you're going to be 150 or $200,000 in debt. 
to get to that point yeah. where you have all the equipment, all the stuff you need to become efficient and profitable. Yes. You yes. can you can hardscape all day and break your back, but if you or want to rent equipment, you can rent equipment and that money's going right out the door. Exactly. So you okay. can you could do it, but are you going to be really efficient at it? So yeah. and that's it, it's cool for me to hear because it's somebody as somebody that is young, I'm only 21, sitting on the fence of do I want to do I want to expand services? Do I, I have a pretty uh, good lawn maintenance company right now. Um, what do I want to do? And it's good to hear that advice from you and from other guys. And um, I think, honestly, this is kind of something that, is, I, I don't know, it's kind of dangerous to say. I feel like Brian uh, Fullerton, he probably gets made fun of in some business realms because of his business is so small. I guarantee you there are big, there are big, guy, big companies out there that say, why is, he do, why is he on social media? He doesn't have a big business. He doesn't, he doesn't have a million-dollar company by any yeah. means. But he's taken lawn maintenance and turned it into something that is so profitable. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need YouTube to live. He can live off his lawn maintenance company perfectly fine, and probably yeah. still drive his Tesla and drive his pole barn and have his pole barn. Yeah, the YouTube money helps. But this kind of goes back to when you started out in ten or twelve years ago. You people, the the general census was you can't make money cutting grass. You, because nobody did it profitably. They didn't do it efficiently. They didn't have route density the right way. They didn't know their numbers. Raise, uh, prices were not being raised. and that. But that's where Brian has come in and helped so many people and helped our industry so much in that, is his company massive? No. But he's got an influence out there now, and he has taken his his cutting grass company, as everybody putting, I mean, that's that's what it is. He's cutting grass every day. And he has shown everybody, hey, if you can do this efficiently, have your route density, you can make a hundred, two hundred grand with one guy, with you and one guy. Like mm-hmm. that's up until this year, he's got he's had one and one him and one guy. Now he just yep. obviously hires somebody else. But and I don't want to get on the whole Brian train. I mean, everybody knows who yeah. Brian is. He's a, he's a successful guy in our industry. But it just really hits home to me that if you're out there starting out, you're the owner operator, and to me, here's my thing with getting into the whole growing, the growing and scaling a company. So many headaches come with that. Just because I know business owners that have, have grown in different companies, not even the green industry, but it's what you just said. At the end of the year, it wasn't really worth making what you made when you could sit at home and have a smaller company and become more profitable. And that's where I'm at is, do I want to, do I want to get a super efficient and people out there just need to know it's possible to do that, to, to not have a seven-person company and make – you can make more money with you and one or two guys. And that's one thing that I've taken from just this – our conversation, I hope somebody else has gotten from this, is that yeah. there's multiple ways to make money, and it's just whatever. It really boils down to what is your passion in life? What Do you, do you want to be a leader to seven, ten, twelve employees, or do you want to be a leader and a mentor to your one or two guys that works with you every day? And yeah, yeah, both are honorable. Exactly. There's, there's, yeah, both are, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting. Like you, you, uh, you grow a business and the overhead gets to a point where you need to keep growing the business. Yeah. Um, you can't stop because that. you don't, well, yeah, you, you definitely can't stop because not because of overhead or because of those constraints. It's the, um, it's maybe more so the promises of the culture that, is expanding and the job creation and the overall goal. And everyone's excited about growing this baby and everyone feels ownership about it. So 
I, I had a couple of guys early on that they felt completely, um, they felt complete ownership about the company. And that helped us grow because we were all staying out late and nobody was griping about being out at eight or eight or nine o'clock at night. We all just knew like, Hey, let's just get this job done. Um, and we weren't, we were laughing like at the end of the day, like a long day, it was just the culture that we had. Um, so yeah, I just, I think there's so many different avenues that you can take in this industry. And I think there's so much, um, educational material out there nowadays. Um, when I was starting this 10 years ago, I just didn't know, um, there's no know. need for there's no there's no excuse at this point for you to be doing stuff the wrong way anymore. Yeah, and there's no excuse. There's no excuse. There, there's the emphasis on there is no excuse. Exactly. If you're not if you're an entrepreneur right now and you're not spending um, all day working, especially if you're trying to scale a business, if you're not spending all day working and all night watching YouTube trying to figure out how to better uh, every situation in your business, yeah. at least for a year or two. Um, you know, think about that. Let that, let that sink in. Like that's what it takes to, um, you know, your, your family and your friends come first. And, you know, if you got a wife and kid at home and uh, we've got our first come in, we've got our first baby coming in January. So yeah. My whole congratulations. Yeah. Thanks man. Um, so I, I don't know anything about that. We've been, we've been a, um, you know, dual income, no kid couple for, uh, years now. So yeah. we've had the flexibility to do that, but we've always been, um, on the same page with our marriage. Maybe there were ups and downs and we'd skip some date nights and, um, you know, miss a couple of those relationship points. Um, but we've always been on the same page as where we're going. And, um, you know, what's written on our mirror in our bathroom is still what's written on there and we're all on the same page. Um, so yeah, there's just so many different ways that you can walk through the landscape industry and, you know, being an entrepreneur, you got to be hungry. Um, but you got to be hungry in your own way. So if that means you're just going to be doing mowing, that's cool, man. Kill it. Yeah. Figure it out and kill it. Um, there's so much info out there so that you can run your bit. And there's so many tools like, dude, I was doing this. I was doing all of this on an Excel spreadsheet. I was printing out. Okay. Here's a good story. I was printing out our invoices at, you know, I'd work all day. I'd come home. I'd go in my, uh, in my room and print out invoices and envelope 80 invoices or estimates or whatever it was, um, every couple nights or marketing material, I'd send out flyers. Uh, and that's just not the case from a click, a click of the button. I can touch a thousand people right now, um, through jobber in a very, very non markety kind of way. Yeah. Um, so, and in and a click of a button with your lawn maintenance route, you can be paid from 200 people. Like that's the thing that's yeah. changed. Yeah. There's no email. There's no sending out paper invoices anymore. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Of like we've being our, efficient. We've got, our horror stories. we've got our horror stories of getting screwed over and not paid and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, uh, Caleb almonds, he, he's got his whole tax issue oh, yeah. that he always talks yeah. about. I went through the exact same thing. Really? Um, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, more, more than I knew what to handle um, was, was, uh, was owed. And um, yeah, like, like one day I got a phone call from the, what group is this? It's the um, state of Ohio sales tax group, whatever that is, the sales tax. So you collect your 7%, right? Mm-hmm. So I get this phone call from this guy 
and he's saying, Hey, we've recognized your business as, you know, you're, you're registered and all this stuff. You need to be collecting sales tax. And I was like, okay, cool. Like what, what do I do? And he gave me the online portal and all this stuff. And so all of a sudden I'm clicking the button to add 7% sales tax to every single invoice that was taxable, right? Okay. You need to pay that sales tax monthly to the state. That 7% that you're, you're charging that needs to go to the state every month. I did wow. not do that. I did not pay that for years. That adds up quick. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and all of a sudden I get a letter saying, Hey, we haven't collected, we haven't seen any of your sales tax. And I hop on the, on the phone with this guy and he explains everything to me and I'm just beside myself and I've got, you know, a $30,000 tax bill and it's, there's penalties and interest and gaining monthly. And I'm sitting here looking at this snowball, like this is the end of it. Yeah. Um, and so I kicked the can down the road for another like two years. Um, and then I got the correct people involved and we got it reversed and we just paid it off like two years ago. Wow. Now that's, so, so I do have a question coming out of that. Is, yeah. did, did that affect, did that have anything to do with not having a good accountant? Um, did you, was your, did you have an accountant coming up? I mean, did you do that from the beginning? Um, yeah, we, taxes we, or? Have, we had an accountant in year two. Um, year one was like, everyone was on 1099 income. Yeah. Um, and our business was very closely meshed. Like I was a sole proprietor. Yeah. And so there was no delineation between the two entities. Um, and so year two, we split apart. I was still a sole proprietor. And then we were paying our employees, which I didn't know. We were paying our employees 1099. So we weren't collecting employment tax and just all these things that you have to do to be compliant. Yeah. Um, paying for workers comp, BWC, man, um, all that stuff. And there's just so many, um, there's so many minefields that you can get into and just get blown apart early on. Um, and so we had, we had some bad advice from a CPA early on. Um, he did some illegal things that we found out about. And so then we reversed all that. And then we got a, um, a tax attorney involved to like figure everything out and make it as square as possible because that's how we run our business. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, side note, like our guys brought back a roll of GeoGrid the other day and they got a, um, they brought home a 12 foot roll of GeoGrid and they paid for a six foot roll. So I called the supplier and like my guy, one of my guys was like, Hey, it's, you know, it's Christmas or whatever. Cause we got an extra six feet of GeoGrid. I called the supplier and they, um, they went ahead and gave us permission. You know, we didn't have to pay for the extra. They said, Hey, our fault, you can go ahead and keep it. But that's how we run the business. Yeah. It's, if we, if we, if there's something that's just not right at, with the experience that I have, um, I like to sleep at night. So um, you just do the right thing. And you square away everything that needs to be squared away. And if you break something on a customer's job, um, you pay for it. Yeah. And if it means that you broke even on that job, it doesn't matter because they're going to be happy. And, and your communicate and tell them you did it. The mud. Yeah. Yeah. So at, everything we do now is on the up and up completely to the best of our ability, to the best of what we know. We're not tax professionals, but we've hired tax professionals. Yeah. Uh, you surrounded yourself and your business with the people necessary to to fix yeah. those things. And that's, yeah, man, I, I cut grass. Like I'm not a tax. We have a tax strategist now. Mm -hmm. Um, now that we have a lot of just moving parts, you got to figure out how to. So, yeah. Yeah. So he figures it all out. You know, we pay him monthly to figure it out. 
um, because he's very good at his job and he keeps us compliant and keeps us with all the updated, like when COVID came through, um, they were doing COVID relief payments and yeah. we would have never known to do that. So yep. we were just doing all that and just taking advantage of all those things. Um, and I don't think you can do that when you're small. It's not, it's not as easy because you're really in the business. Instead of working on the business, you're working in the business. You're literally yep. picking up a weed eater every day. Um, so it's really hard to, t- to capture some of that, um, some of those, you know, whatever tax advantages or whatever you have going on. So, yeah, yeah. that's, it's one of those things you just, but there's no need for you to be trying to figure all that stuff out. You hire that out and, and let them, let the professionals do it. Because if you sit back and try to keep up with all that stuff, that's eight or 10 different tax stuff you got going on. You got your employees, you got your workers comp, you got all that stuff. Something's going to get messed up in there and you're going to end up paying for it three or four or five years down the road. So it's better up front to just do it right the first time, hire that service out that you don't know what you're doing. Let them take care yep. of it. And you might, yeah, it's going to be an expense. It's, it's going to be an added expense to your business, but it's going to pay off in the long run because you're not going to be paying years of back taxes like you were just saying, your sales tax. That's stuff that you would have figured out early on if you had your tax strategist. And you said you can't do it when you're small. To an extent, yeah, I agree with that. You can't do it when you're small, but it needs to be a priority as soon as you can make. As soon as you are physically able, you need to be figuring that stuff out. And that's that's stuff that I'm figuring out personally in my business is being here in year three is meeting with the accountant more regularly, getting them to help you with your bookkeeping to keep all that stuff classified the right way. And don't take stuff. It's something I heard on the green grind uh, with Corey Ballard podcast the other day. They were talking about, um, they used to like have credit. I don't know if you've heard this, but they used to have him and his partner would, would set themselves credit card limits to spend out of the business. They would have like a thousand dollars a month. They could each spend on whatever they wanted and it would just come out of the business. Well, they they hired a uh, accountant, and she came in, or CFO, they hired a new person to do their financials, and she came in, and she was like, why are you doing this? This is so illegal. And they were like, well, this is just credit card statements. Like, She was like, no, 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 no. If the IRS comes after you and gets audited, you're going to be screwed over because you're pulling stuff out of the business that's not supposed to be coming out of the business because this was their personal stuff. They were just taking it. And she was like, look, here's what we're going to do. You're not going to have to lose your $1,000. All you're going to do is you're going to say, hey, we're going to take this and put it in our owner draws. Instead of using yeah. it on that credit card, just draw yourself an extra $1,000 for each of you. Then it's completely legal. Everything is fine yeah. when you get audited. And that's one of those things that when you're starting out like this, I am personally going through that stuff of learning to take owner's draws the right way and not just spend the business credit card and use that on your personal expenses. Because if you, yeah. when you, not if, when you get audited, if you're in business for 5, 10, 15 years, it's going to happen. Yeah. When you get audited, if that stuff doesn't match up and it's stuff that you, it's of no, no fault of your own, you didn't know what you didn't know, but mm-hmm. you're not, you're not a professional with that, hire the professional in to save you that, that you're going to spend the extra money up front, but it's going to save you that money down the road when, so you don't get caught with your butt. With your, I don't even know what the term would be. Talk with your tail up your call butt because, yeah, call with your pants <laughs> down. Whatever. There's multiple ways to say it, but yeah. it's just one of those things. Like, it, make it add it into your business. Make it a, an extra uh, expense that needs to be in there because it's going to save you a lot of money down the, down the road. Yeah, man that'll that'll get you that'll get you tied up really quickly um, if you don't have that stuff under control. Yeah, it's um, yeah. 
it's it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy world out there. There's a lot of stuff to keep up with when you're running a business, and it's stuff that I'm learning every day. It's stuff that you've obviously done for the last eight, ten years, and uh, it's really cool to hear how you've gotten to the point where you are. Um, it's inspiring for sure to say, hey, I just put my put my nose down and just grind. I can get to this point if that's your goal in life. My personal goal is not to do that. I don't want to have a 10-person company. I don't want the stress yeah. that comes with that. That's fine. But if there's somebody out there that's listening to this and you, you're at that point, you're 22, 23, or you're 30 and you're starting out, if you want to do it, go for it. Here's the pieces that we just talked about. There's multiple pieces in here. Implement it in your business and go for it. Um, yeah. But, hey, we're going on an hour here. I don't want to be super uh, respective of your time. And uh, I appreciate having you on. It's been a great conversation. This has been an awesome podcast. I hope um, everybody takes from it what I took from it. And I, I got a lot out of this. And uh, is there anything that you want to want to leave everybody with, uh, words of advice or anything like that? Um, I think just, you know, we talk about um, – I'm in a networking group, and we talk – we do uh, presentations, and we talk about our keys to success. And um, I think honesty is just in there for me every time. Um, I just think there's a lot about honesty in, in the world we live in today to just – when you, when you get more material than you were charged for, or, um, just be an honest business owner. It's just integrity. Just have integrity and be an honest business owner. It's, it's a great way to be, to feel pride about what you're doing. Um, and, uh, and to just sleep at night and, and yeah, that's just the only, and one thing on that as we wrap up is you can take that and back to what I said earlier, somebody's always watching you. If you if if your guys would have got back and told you that they got their twelve foot and you only paid for six and you said oh yeah that's great we won't tell anybody right. that yeah that, where does that happen? exactly yeah. what else are yeah. they going to hide what else are they going to do down the road that is where your company culture goes back to the owner and you learning to lead yourself because if you don't lead yourself and you say oh that's fine yeah we won't tell anybody then what are the employees going to do when they're out there on their own? Because they're going to think, oh, boss is okay with it. I mean, we got that extra six foot and he didn't say anything. So why is this little bolt or nut or whatever going to matter? Yep. And so that's – we won't harp on that any longer, but that was something that caught me and just wanted to put that out there. But, man, I super appreciate it. Where can we find you on socials if everybody wants, wants to connect with you, ask you for some advice or anything like that? Yeah, we're, uh, we're just on Instagram and Facebook at uh, Supreme Scapes. Pretty easy, pretty simple. I like That's that. It, man. Yeah, I hear you. There's it, it, some of these names I've heard out there, and I think Andy Mulder's one of them. Got that his Missouri, like I don't even know how he spells his M W Zuri thing. Well, he used to be M M M M S N W I. That's what it was. Yeah, M M S N W I. And then he, I think he took a page out of Jeremy's book with the outdoor, yeah, older outdoors. It rolled off the tongue a little better. Stop yeah, made fun of <laughs> people that put tags like that. I'm like, man, what are you doing? But, uh, well, this has been a super, it's been an hour long podcast, but I, I've enjoyed it. Um, if you listen to this point, I hope you got a lot out of it as much as I got. And I think you did. I think if you're listening at this point, you were, you were devoted to the podcast and you said, Hey, this guy's got a lot to offer. And, uh, Jamie, I super appreciate your time. Congrats to you and your wife on the baby coming. Uh, hope everything goes well on that and keep everybody updated on that and just, um, anybody, if you got questions to, to, uh, Jamie, I'm sure he'd be happy to help you and just reach out to him. And, um, I'm sure he will help you. He's helped me some, we've connected since together in trades, talked quite a few times. So, um, building that relationship and I can't wait to, 
maybe get back on with you here in the winter after the babies come and kind of in your preparation for springtime next year, hear, hear what your marketing is at that point and how you're going to hit, hit 2022 going strong. So um, with that being said, guys, we're going to wrap this one up. Like I said, Jamie, I appreciate your time. And uh, I hope that everyone's enjoyed this episode. If you if you did enjoy it, you always can leave those ratings and reviews. Hit smash that follow button, and um, it really just helps social proof the podcast. That's why we do this is because the more ratings and the reviews that the algorithms see, it's going to push it out there so more people can hear it. Um, share it on your social media. Tag me and tag Supreme Scapes, Jamie. Um, I know I'll be reposting and ta- and uh, anything that y'all share. So I hope y'all enjoyed it. I. Uh, can't wait to, to continue this thing down the road, get on some more guests, and uh, get Jamie back on here in the future. But that being said, we're going to wrap this one up. We're going to see y'all here on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. We know you have many other podcast options to choose from, and don't take it for granted that you chose to spend some time with us today. You can connect with Jeremiah Jennings at Growing Green Landscapes on Instagram or use the link in the show description. Don't forget to smash the follow button on the podcast and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. We hope you crush it in your business and hope to catch you on our next episode.